Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to the Dirty Birds and Brews podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Knight at Falcoholic Kevin, joined by a very special guest today. He is Derek Klassen at QB Class. He covers the NFL draft and does some scouting for Bleach Report. Also now doing quarterback charting for Reception Perception, another great site. Derek, uh, like I said before the show, been a big fan of your work for a while. Happy to have you on to talk some Desmond Ritter. But before we get to that, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Happy to be here. First of all, I appreciate it. Um, but very excited to talk about Ritter. I think everybody who followed my work at Bleacher Report knows uh, knows I'm a fan. So I'm very excited to talk about him. Yes, we're going to, you know, turn turn the haters. This is not going to be, if you're a Desmond Ritter hater, I have a feeling you might not want to tune into this one. Um, or maybe you should because you might learn a thing or two. But uh, no, really appreciate Derek's time. Uh, but yeah, guys, as the title says, today we're going to be evaluating Desmond Ritter. Uh, going to get Derek's Take, I know he charted all of Ritter's games last year, uh, was also someone who scouted Ritter uh, pretty in-depth, I think, coming out of college. Uh, and as you guys know, I've made it clear, I just scout quarterbacks based off vibes. So I think Derek will be able to tell you maybe a little bit more specifically about why uh, why or why not Desmond Ritter might be a good fit for this Falcons offense and his fitness for the NFL and, and so on and so forth. Uh, before we get to that, do you want to bring you a quick word from our sponsor today? BetOnline.ag, your number one source for all your betting needs. You can get the latest odds, lines, and match reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Perhaps after this episode, you're feeling overly confident in Desmond Ritter's, you know, futures bets. Uh, I think his like over under on passing yards is ridiculously low because people think for some reason he's going to be benched. Uh, so, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, you get all hyped up from this show and you want to place that bet. No matter what you do, though, bet online is your sports Intel headquarters this season as they've got you covered for all your insider sports wagering needs. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action and be sure to use our promo code that's believe, B-L-E-A-V, just like the network, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Once again, use that promo code believe, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus Bet online where the game starts. All right, Derek. I know you scouted him out of college. Let's let's start there real quick before we dive into the charting. Just be, to get your take, I I think I may be misremembering this, but I I, I think was he actually your, your quarterback one coming out that year? Or I know he was high up the list. Yeah, he he was my quarterback one. It um you know for some people like Malik Willis was up there. I didn't think Malik Willis was even close to that caliber of prospect. Um. Kenny Pickett, I was also a little lower on. I thought he was like a day two guy who could be fine, but not special. Uh, and then Ritter was a guy who kind of also in the tier of like, he probably is never going to be a special player just because his physical tools are like fine, but they're not great, all that sort of stuff. But I just thought he was such a guy who was like so ready made. Um, he made all the tough throws like in college, like they ran a very like NFL style offense relative to what most college offenses are doing. And then he just he was a guy who was really tough. And I think to me, there was something about him being able to take a program like Cincinnati that had never really been that great and taking them like slowly progressing from his freshman year, getting better every single season and finally getting them into the college playoff. I was like, there's something to a guy's like leadership abilities and his ability to continually get better that I think is impressive. So that was kind of why I bought in on him as quarterback one. 
Yeah, yeah, like I said, the vibes with Ritter were immaculate. Uh, also, the vibes with Malik Willis were very immaculate. Uh, I think, like, like I, like many, got really hyped up from that senior bowl and, you know, probably a little too hyped up. Um, but I definitely really liked Ritter, and I think a lot of it has to do with exactly what you said. Like, it, it's a big deal being the first team to, to get to the college football playoff that's not a Power 5 team. And now they are. Um, and, you know, my, you know, go, go Knights UCF here. Uh, not, not not the first team to win a national title from from the uh, group of five. But no, I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> I just, it's like, it matters. Um, now, obviously, that can't make up for a lack of skills at the quarterback position. But it can be a feather in your cap that that sort of sets you apart um and i think that's something that's really important especially when you look at where the falcons were able to get him on in the third round i mean i i I thought he probably wasn't going to go in the first but i i thought if he was sticking around in the early second you know that would be a place to snap him up but they waited and they were still able to get him and i i think that's honestly colored a lot of the analysis of ritter is that he just happened to go in the third round I wonder if he went in the same range as Kenny Pickett, would anyone be questioning whether the Falcons made the right decision at quarterback? Because like you, I I didn't really see, I mean, he had a great final season Pickett did no, no doubt about that. But I, I also thought that Ritter was a better prospect slightly than Pickett. So I, you know, to me, I don't view those guys as all that different, but because of where they were drafted, they seem to have a completely different sort of shine on them. Uh, so what do, you, what do you think about that? You think that has a lot to do with where, what we're dealing with here? Oh, absolutely. And and like the funny thing I think about why some of the quarterbacks fell in that class is like it almost seems like because going in, everybody knew it wasn't a great class. Teams were willing to be like, ah, we're going to wait. We're not really committing to to picking a quarterback this year. And the only team that did obviously was um, the Steelers. And the funny thing about the, the Steelers taking Pickett is they kind of admitted like, yeah, like we know him. Like he's been around. Like we know the guy. Like he's probably fine. So we'll just take the swing. Which, like, if the Steelers weren't in a position to need a quarterback, like, does Kenny Pickett go in the first round? I don't know. Maybe he still does. But I think he he kind of got fortunate that the one team that <laughs> talked to him every single day happened to need a quarterback at pick twenty or whatever. So um, I think you're absolutely right that like Ritter, I think is better than than a third round pick. I think he at least should have gone in the second. And so that's really clouded people's views because everyone keeps saying like, oh, well, no third round quarterback. Like there's only been like three in the past, blah, 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 or whatever. And it's like, we can say that, but I can also watch Destin Ritter and be like, that's not Davis Mills. Like I, I, my eyes are telling me that's not Davis Mills. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. And like those, those historical trends, they're, they're, they're important data points but they don't actually have any bearing on whether or not Ritter can be a good quarterback. Like they're not, they're informative in that most third round quarterbacks aren't going to work out, but most first round quarterbacks don't work out either. So it, you know, it, we're, I think people get too far into the weeds and, and overweighting those sort of statistics. Um, you know, but Hey, just because we haven't had one in a while. I mean, obviously we're overdue for another third round quarterback hit. So why not Desmond Ritter? Right. And that's, a good segue into sort of what, what you've learned about him so far. Obviously, a, a small sample size, much smaller than myself and many Falcons fans were hoping to see last year. I think we were all pretty much ready to get off the Marcus Mariota experience uh, after that Thursday night Panthers game. Uh, and we did have to wait a little while longer to see Ritter. Um, and it wasn't necessarily flashy, especially early. But what I really appreciated was the small steps every week, the small improvements. He seemed to get more and more comfortable. But curious sort of what you saw 
from that four game sample size uh, and, and where you're sort of landing on Ritter going into this 2023 season? No, I'm with you. And like what sucks is so I, I did chart him and like numbers wise, he's mostly very bad. Yeah. Uh, and there's a couple of reasons for that. Uh, one, obviously, he's a rookie on a team that wasn't very good um, in the pass catching department. Obviously, yes. Arthur Smith is a, a mastermind in the run game, um, but they just didn't have many dudes outside of Drake London. Um, so there was that. There's also like he is not the most accurate passer. Like he does spray a little bit. And that was even an issue for him in college, especially early in games when he's like really trying to settle into a game. So I think that hurt. And then also just the New Orleans game specifically was like it tanked his numbers pretty bad. He was really bad in that game. But I think what was what's important is that to your point, he very clearly got better from his first game uh, going all the way to to his last start. Like he just it, he very clearly started to play a lot faster. Like in that New Orleans game, you could tell he knew where his eyes were supposed to take him, but the gears were like a little bit not turning the right at the right speed. But I think you saw each and every week he was getting a little bit faster. He was doing a little bit more pre-snap. He was able to get to his checkdowns a little bit more efficiently. Um, and I think that was really starting to help him be a little bit more accurate. Um, because I think the way I kind of view his accuracy is actually very similar to like somebody like Dak, where like he's probably going to have three or four sprays a game where it's like, buddy, I know you're better than this. What are you doing? But because he plays with such good like pre-snap awareness, such good timing, he knows where the ball is supposed to be. He can be a passer who is who is generally accurate just because he's doing the right thing all the time. So that's kind of what I think the goal for Ritter should be is like if he can just continue to get better. And like I said, we saw this in college. And usually when we see this like progress in college over the years for a guy that tends to like work out in the NFL too. like Lamar Jackson is always the guy I go back to like watching him as a freshman to watching him his junior year just as a passer and what he could do mentally it doesn't even look like the same player. And I think Ritter was kind of the same way in college. So I'm hoping that with another year in the system, getting a little bit more talent at receiver, hopefully a healthier Kyle Pitts, I'm I'm feeling pretty okay about where Desmond Ritter is going to be. Yeah, that's that's music to my ears, certainly. And as a certified, you know, vibes slash stats scouter, that you bring up a really good point about that. And that's one of the things I look at uh, is – did they improve every year in college? And if they didn't improve, was there a good excuse for why that happened? Did they get hurt? Did the offense change? Whatever. And that, you know, brings me to Will Levis where I was like, I don't, I'm out. Like, I don't like this. And, and it's because you know, obviously there were some things with Will Levis, you know, I think his supporting cast got worse, but he just didn't look as good that final year. And that typically is a, a red flag. I think for a lot of evaluators, um, because it doesn't portend good things in the NFL. Whereas Ritter, you could see it. There was incremental improvements every year, and it really culminated in that excellent final season at Cincinnati. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a big part of it, too. And obviously the hope is that he could continue to improve going into 2023, where the Falcons have really just given him the keys without any question. And uh, would, did that surprise you at all, that they committed so strongly to Ritter this offseason? Uh, I, I don't think so. I, I think um, it seemed to me when they drafted him, even though they took him in the third round, he just has his specific skill set fits the offense so well, um, where I think they're obviously always going to be like an under center, run the ball as much as we can, play action type offense. And I think in that sense, he has a lot of the right skills. Like he is super tough in the pocket. Like that man will stand in there and take a hit. He's very like Tannehill-ish in that sense. 
Um, and I think his arm is good enough to rip a lot of those like digs, deep glance routes, uh, post routes, all that stuff they're going to do off of play action. So I think he has a really good skill set for that. And funny enough, like the one of the very few areas he actually did really, really well in the charting was under pressure. And like I said, it's because like if he knows where that ball is supposed to be, he's going to take a shot and he's going to deliver. And I think that's really, really important in this kind of offense. And then I do think he actually does do a good job in terms of like the drop back game where like for this offense, that's more up than their fastball. But I think it's important to be able to, to, to be good at that. And that was kind of with Tannehill in Tennessee, part of the development we had to see from him was when he first got there and he first was instilled into that offense. He was awesome in the play action structure, but he could not do anything on their drop back game. And it kind of hindered what they could be. And then as he kind of progressed in the offense a little bit, he got better as a drop back passer. And I think he became a better overall quarterback for them. That's kind of what I'm hoping we see from Ritter this year. So I really just think he has such a good skill set for their offense. And I think Arthur Smith knows that. And I think he's like, you know what? We're going to fully commit to this. And if it doesn't work, I think Arthur Smith has proven that he's a good enough coach to like, they can start over and he'll still be there. So, yeah, yeah. And you know, it, Arthur Smith's not on the hot seat, people. I, I know some people think that he is, but this was not know, even the, close. The owner has basically come out and said, like, this was a three-year plan. We're where we thought we would be two years in. And they'll never admit that, like, in the like they went out of their way to make it like, no, we're competing. And of course they're competing. Like, you never know. Like last year, they could have easily made the playoffs if one one game changed, especially that, you know, one that Tampa game. If they'd won that Tampa game, they would have been in the playoffs. So the first one. So, I mean, it, and they, they could have, <laughs> so, um, it, the team is, is certainly on, on the cusp. And you, you mentioned Arthur Smith's offense. I think there's a lot of people that sort of misunderstand it and also forget that Kyle Pitts like wasn't there, uh, for, for Ritter. And really that left him with only one legitimate option outside of the new unicorn, Michael Pruitt, of course. Um, but what do you think about how they've set up this this group around him? I mean, it's a very non-traditional style, right? They they went out and got Mac Hollins, who's one of the most interesting players on and off the field that I've ever seen. Uh, the hair is immaculate, so I there's no ceiling, in my opinion, to what he can be. But, um, you know, Jonu Smith comes in. I think that's super underrated. Obviously, Kyle Pitts coming back looks healthy again. Um, and, you know, they, they haven't brought in necessarily star-studded wide receivers, but guys that we know can play roles mentioned Matt Collins already, Scotty Miller as a deep threat. Um, what do you think about that group of weapons? Obviously, I didn't even mention Bijan Robinson. But, um, you know, do, do you think this is enough to, to bolster someone like Ritter and what he does well? I'm hoping so. My, my one concern is I'm a little bit worried they don't have enough team speed, um, at least down the field to stretch the field. I know they did bring in Scotty Miller and he can do that, but he's it's not a superstar or anything. Yeah. Um, but I, we've, we've seen this offense like get by with, Aldrick Robinson, you know, during the Shanahan days and stuff. So, like, it might be enough. Um, but otherwise, I actually think it's a really interesting collection of, of skill players, like, because they've gone for size and they've gone for versatility, where, like, a lot of the NFL is kind of like we're going for speed, um, we're going for a bunch of little slot guys, all that sort of stuff. And they've kind of just completely zagged when everyone else is in one direction. And I think that's really important. I think they're going to be able to have this, like, I think in the red zone they're going to be <laughs> – demonic uh just because of their size like it, it's kind of insane like how many just jump ball threats they have and even not just jump ball threats but like guys like Pitts and london specifically for bigger guys they move so well in those tight areas and like to be able to move that well in a tight area and also have outrageous catch radiuses 
that's going to be, I think, super valuable. And then just the versatility. Like we we saw last year what Arthur Smith could do with some hodgepodge pieces, like what he did with Cordero Patterson, even like Olamide Zacchaeus, um, just guys like that where you can kind of move them around a little bit. Now you add in a guy like Bijan Robinson who like people keep – people always say with running backs, you know, really good runs. It's like, oh, you can flex him out at receiver. It's like, no, Bijan, you legitimately – can put him at receiver almost like Christian McCaffrey. Like McCaffrey is one of one in that sense, but yeah. Bijan can legitimately go out and play wide receiver. He, you can put him at X if you need to, and he's going to be able to get open. There are very few coaches I trust to get the most out of that kind of versatility, like Arthur Smith. Like it's, it might be Kyle Shanahan and like one or yeah. two other guys, like maybe Andy Reid. Like they're just a very short list. So I think they actually have an awesome collection of, of guys. Like I said, maybe a little bit more team speed would be great, but I think if they could be a top 10-ish offense with what they had last year, and I think they've clearly upgraded the talent with Bijan and then hopefully a healthier Kyle Pitts, I, I think they're going to be cooking. Yeah, I mean, it's really an interesting experiment to see what this looks like. And, you know, I think people are sort of sleeping on Jonu Smith as, like, not a guy that's going to get a million targets necessarily, but he was Arthur Smith's red zone secret weapon. I mean, he had eight touchdowns in 2022, and I think they just, they make him run jet sweeps. I mean, the, how many tight ends are running yes. jet sweeps? So, like, um, it that's going to be really exciting, and it, you're definitely right that they've seemed to put more of an emphasis on size over speed, and they, they do have Scotty Miller, who can be, you know, that Demir Bird last year, who was, he's just going to run those those goes and, and stuff like that, and, and maybe sometimes he'll, he'll be open enough to catch one. But I think, you know, Kyle Pitts is their their main deep threat otherwise. And and we saw that last year, just Marcus Mariota couldn't hit him. Like, I think he was one of 15 or something like that targeting that, Kyle Pitts. That sounds about field. right. I remember yeah. writing about that multiple times during the oh season. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it, I think that the introduction of Kyle Pitts back into the offense with, with, with Ritter is going to be big. Um, but I think, and, and fans were complaining about this at training camp, that we saw, we didn't see a ton of deep stuff early in training camp. And that's always something that's kind of overrated uh, when they're just sort of getting there and getting on the same page. But, um, you know, I, I, I do wonder how important the deep ball is to this offense and, and how key it will be to be able to unlock at least some of that. Like if they could get to 50%, you know, deep instead of like 15%, like with yeah. that would be huge because of how this offense is structured and that they, they want to take those shots. Um but yeah, I mean, I guess that leads into another good question is like, what do you think the ceiling for this offense is with Desmond Ritter? Do you think this is this does have the potential to get into that top 10? I mean, I think the ceiling is like even close to like top five. Uh, and obviously, like a couple of things need to go right for that. Like Ritter needs to take a step. Pitts needs to be fully healthy. Um, you know, Matt Collins probably needs to like really, really prove that he can be like a good number two wide receiver. Two and a half if you're like kind of counting Kyle Pitts. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah. Um, but so I think a couple of things do need to go right, but I just think like, and this is not even like saying that if all that goes right, that like, we know for a fact, Desmond Ritter is the guy because like we've seen offenses be top five and the quarterback is a little bit of a passenger, like Jared Goff, like, yeah, he just has a very particular skill set that when you get into this play action structure type of offense, you can be a top five unit. And it doesn't necessarily mean that the quarterback is great. He's good enough. But he's not great. And I think that that is kind of what would have to happen for the, the Falcons to get to like a top five offense where Ritter is just he's not fantastic. He's not making a ton of plays outside the pocket or anything. He's not 
you know, just ripping these deep balls that nobody else can make. But he's just running the offense very efficiently. The running game is as good as it was last year. And then you're just getting a couple of more splash plays from guys like Drake London, maybe taking uh, even another step, even though I think he's already fantastic. And then obviously getting Kyle Pitts back. And then Bijan Robinson is, you know, for as efficient as the ground game was last year, they didn't really have explosives. Bijan is 100% changing that. Like, they're going to be more explosive. So I I think a couple of things do need to go right. But, like, I think they have a lot of the right pieces for this to be really almost a top five unit. I I would be shocked if they're anything worse than, like, 12th. Like, I really think, like, that's kind of the floor. And then you just pray you get a little bit better than that. Yeah, I mean, they were 15th with Marcus Mariota for – what, right. 14, 13 <laughs> games. So, I mean, it, it, it really doesn't take much to, to get up from there. Uh, I mean, at one point, I think they were sixth with Mariota at the helm uh, early in the season where, to be fair to Mariota, he was dealing like those first five or six games that he had some very good performances, but uh, just fell off a cliff after that, unfortunately. But yeah, I mean, a lot of positivity and I love that. I do want to know what your like biggest concerns are about Ritter as, as a passer, as an overall quarterback. Um, and just, you know, what do you think could be the things that potentially hold him back? I would say, first of all, he's just not that creative of a player. He's just not all that dynamic. And, and like, there, there is a bar you can get to where you have just barely enough and you can still be, like, an elite quarterback. Like, I think Dak is kind of in that, like, he's not really a playmaker, but he has just enough that it complements what he does in structure well enough that he can be, like, a top eight quarterback. That's the dream for Ritter. I just don't know if he can get there because like it, it, it's kind of hard to teach a guy to be creative and, and do stuff outside the pocket when that's just not how you're inclined to be. That's kind of why I think it's more likely he becomes a Jared Goff type where I think he's a better athlete than Jared Goff. Obviously, he just isn't very inclined to use it. Um, and, and so you're not going to get all that many explosive plays. I think the other thing is um, just the accuracy. Like, like there are very specific ways in which he can be consistently accurate. Like I said, when he's throwing over the middle off of play action and stuff like that, or even on pure drop back when he knows he can get to a dig or he knows he's got a curl route timed up and stuff like that, he can be pretty accurate. But sometimes when he's got to move his feet a little bit and he's got to, you know, turn and stuff like that, he can start to spray. And I think that happens, especially early in games when he's trying to settle in. So hopefully he can iron that out enough to where, you know, you're not killing a series, you know, once a quarter. I think that would be that would be really nice. So I think those are the two areas. And then I would even say down the field. Like I think in college he was an okay deep passer. And then I think last year he was pretty bad. Granted, they didn't have anybody down the field to Demir make Bird. Him look yeah, like <laughs> but Demir Bird is your only deep threat. Like you're not gonna be a good deep passer anyway. So that's at least one area where it's like I'm willing to see what it looks like with with a better offense. But I think those are probably the main areas where it's like he's got to get a little bit better here and get over the line. Yeah. And I think you touched on the big one. It's like early in games. That was the one thing that I, I really noticed uh, was that it just, he's, he's not comfortable. Um, and I, and he's even talked about it. Like he just gets really hyped up, I think. And he, he's, you know, high energy and he just needs to settle in, but he did this consistently in college. Like, some and, guys got to get punched in the mouth. Like that, yep. some guys, that's just how it goes. That's just how it goes. And, but he, if you're if you're a little bit shaky at the beginning of games, it's it's all forgiven if you make the clutch plays to win it at the end. And that was where Ritter was exceptional in college, where he just had a lot of heroic plays. I mean, we even saw flashes of it in the preseason last year, uh, where he hit, you know, Jared Bernhardt uh, in against the Lions, you know, in that miraculous play. And we saw a lot of it last year in those games, too. Unfortunately, Drake London fumbles cost them a win. Um 
I don't think that's likely to continue, but, uh, you know, but that was clutch plays. I mean, he was moving them downfield and this was like after struggles all game. And then just in the clutch moments, I think he really starts to show up. And if you can play great in those super important moments that can elevate you beyond just your baseline of what you do. Like if you can make the plays you need to win games, even if it's not always pretty, then no one's going to complain, you know, if, if you get the dub. So, and, and the big question is of course, like, is that enough? Um, and that's the next question I have for you is, do you think there's enough there with Ritter that he could potentially become a fa- like a, a decent, you know, a, a three to five year starter? Do you think there's enough to potentially become a franchise quarterback or is this a, sort of a, a stopgap situation for Atlanta? I would say I think a fairly likely outcome for him is kind of like I mentioned, like Jared Goff. Uh, like I said, he's a little bit more athletic than that. But I think just as a passer, they kind of succeed in a lot of the same ways. I actually expect Ritter to be better pre-snap as he develops than Goff has ever been. That's just never really been what Goff does. Goff is very much like set him on the rails and he's going to make the right throw pretty consistently. So Goff is probably a little more accurate, a little bit less cerebral, but I think they're generally in that same kind of archetype of quarterback. So I think that's a fairly likely outcome. And I think if the Falcons get that, you're pretty happy with that. Like Goff is not fantastic, but he's a top half-ish quarterback and you can get, like I said, top seven offense out of a player like that with the right structure. And I think Arthur Smith and some of the skill talent they have can get there. I think if everything really goes right for Ritter, he's kind of like a 90% version of Dak, which to me is probably like, I don't know, quarterback 10 or something in the NFL. Um, He's probably never going to be quite as dynamic as, as Dak, because I think even for as smart as Ritter, I think has already shown pre-snap and some of the stuff he's already done, like checking protections and stuff, I think is fantastic. Dak is probably the best guy left in the league at that, like now that Brady's gone. So that's a pretty high bar to get to. But I think that style of player, that the ways that Dak wins is kind of the dream for Ritter. So I think somewhere between Goff and Dak is like a pretty likely-ish outcome. And so I, w- I would be pretty happy with that. Like that, that's probably right in the range of like, how much do we really want to pay that yeah, guy? Yeah, but I think the if they can continue, yeah, I think if they're like consistently top eight offenses like that whole time, I think it would be pretty hard to not commit to him. So I feel pretty okay about him being at least a competent guy. You pray you get the cherry on top at some point. Yeah, yeah. And the the big wild card with Ritter is that athleticism. People forget like he's like he is an elite athlete at quarterback. He ran mm-hmm. a four five flat. He's one of the fastest. Not not counting Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson is of course in his own category. <laughs> and of course Anthony Richardson, who's has taken over the perfect ten at quarterback RAS. But if he can figure out because he just doesn't look comfortable running. Like he he sort of doesn't know like when to do it. But like if yeah. he ever gets free, he's faster than the vast majority of linebackers, defensive linemen, whatever. So he's going to have to get chased down by a secondary player. And he's he's a big guy. So. I do wonder if that could be the wild card. If he ever figures it out in the run game or at least gets more comfortable with figuring out when to scramble, and that's certainly within the realm of possibility, that could be what elevates him more. Because like you said, I think his, I would consider his like passing traits and arm and all that like above average, but not special. Um, mm. I think where he is special is like you said, pre-snap. He's generally going to figure out where the ball needs to go. And, and be able to set the protections and do all these things that he needs to do to get the play correct. The arm is never going to be uh, wowing you, but I think it's good enough to make... I mean, it sort of reminds me of Matt Ryan. Like, it's he's not as accurate yep. as Matt Ryan, certainly, but Matt Ryan never had the best deep ball, 
but he was accurate and he knew where to go with the football. So it's a lot of times it didn't matter. And he also had great weapons. And now that what, what, you know, Ritter's not as good as Matt Ryan as a passer, but he is a lot more athletic. And what could be the case is that also there are great weapons here. So maybe he doesn't, you know, this, there could be a situation where the weapons are what makes this team special, not Ritter. And Ritter is efficient like Ryan Tannehill. Uh, and, and, maybe eventually can offer you something on the ground and that he doesn't need to be that elite quarterback because how many teams have we seen go wrong chasing that top elite quarterback while the rest of the roster just languishes and they keep taking shots and keep missing. Maybe there's something to be said for let's get an offense here where a like top 10 ish quarterback is enough for this to be a top five offense and then build out the rest of the team around that guy instead of continually chasing this elite quarterback. But I just threw a lot at you. Let's start with the running thing. Like, do you think there is a chance there's, there's like 15 questions in there that we could dive into, but do you think there's a chance like he could potentially unlock more of the run, the run game? I think it's possible. You know, like I mentioned, he's not a guy who is all that creative outside the pocket. And you even said it like, he's just kind of looks uncomfortable. Like, when do I need to run? Like, should I go like, his trigger is a little bit is a little bit lacking. Um, so I think he's probably never going to have some of those like Russell Wilson create, do stuff, scramble outside the pocket plays. But purely as a guy who can just tuck the ball and go, I think you can kind of develop that. And I think I think the reason you can do that is because that can kind of be a coaching point to a degree. Like I think we saw this with Daniel Jones um, this year where like it was very clear that the Giants offense was like, you're one and done, man. Like you are reading one guy, maybe two, and you're running. Like you're gone. We're going to take advantage of what you had. And that just wasn't what Daniel Jones was doing for the first three years or whatever of his career. And then we saw like as soon as the coaches were like, no, you're just play like this. Don't worry about it. The offense will be fine if you do this. It was like, oh, he's he now he's more competent than he was beforehand because we've unlocked this part of his game. And I don't think Ritter needs like that degree of, of handholding. Like he's a much more cerebral, can get through his reads and stuff, all that. But I do think Ritter at some point, whether it's this year or maybe next year, needs to get to like, okay, sometimes I don't need to check it down. Sometimes I know they're in man coverage and there's no whole player. I'm going. Like he just needs to commit to that because like you said, when he does get into the open field and when he starts striding, he looks not all that different from like Mariota, like even like peak Mariota, like he can really run when he starts to stride out. You just got to get him to do it. (laughs) So I, I do think that can be something he develops for sure. Yeah, it was like if he had decided to run like a like a half second earlier on some plays in those four games, mm-hmm. he could have had huge chunk yards because he's he's fast, yep. he's explosive. Like he could take off and get 15 yards before someone gets a hand on him. So, you know, and you don't want to rely on that too much. And I don't think the Falcons offense will, will rely on that overly. But, you know, that's something that maybe if that comes along over the next few years, that could be something that helps him stand out. And, and adds that extra, like you said, cherry on top to, to the rest of his skill set that's like, oh, okay, well, now with this added, now that's enough for us to be comfortable with him because he offers a little bit of everything. And, and in the red zone, too, like having the quarterback capable of, of hitting those those plays where he's not a statue back there. And if he if no one's open, he can just take off and pick up two yards, you know, near the near the goal line. I mean, that's a big that's why right part of right why Ryan Tannehill was such a good fit in that Tennessee mm-hmm. offense. Um, so I think that's definitely something to monitor. Um, but yeah, I, uh, what well, I'm trying to remember what we were talking about before. I, I covered way too many things in that previous, you know, diatribe, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think you're, you're spot on. And, um, I do appreciate all of the insight you're bringing about Ritter and I get, yeah. And, and I think fans should 
temper expectations, especially this year. I, I, you know, I think if he can get it anywhere, I think if he's like an average NFL quarterback this year, people should be pretty happy. Um, and like, you look at what's going on in Miami and, you know, I, I think people were like laser focused on like the, the five training camp clips that were tweeted out. And, you know, some of this is my fault as well, but, um, just, you know, seeing him missing some throws early in, in camp and people are like, oh, well, he sucks. You know, like this is this is over. And then you go down to Miami and I don't hear anyone complaining about Desmond Ritter, you know, from from the Miami media or like, oh, wow, this guy doesn't can't play. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious that like he's absolutely fine. He's been, you know, I think he was four or four in the red zone yesterday against Miami. Um, so it, I think we're going to see this year uh whether whether he can do it or not and then if he can't you know the falcons will will go off and and do something else but um now i'm sort of remembering the last thing do you think this this type of offense can work though like t- potentially obviously to win playoff games but to win a super bowl where the quarterback isn't the star it's it's the team around him that's the star and and you think this is something that can win a super bowl i think the the caveat in a sense or whatever, or like the qualifier is that you can have a quarterback who is not particularly like super talented doing all the Mahomes stuff and still win the Super Bowl if they are exceptional, like pre-snap and they're just really, really good decision makers. Cause like the difference between, um, you know, that and like a Jared Goff is like, Goff isn't really doing a lot to get you in the right place. You kind of have to handhold them. And at a certain point when it's the fourth quarter in the Super Bowl, Bill Belichick or whoever is going to have the right play call and he's not going to be able to solve it. Whereas like, I think a guy like Ritter, obviously that is like five steps ahead of, of where he need, he is right now. But I think we've seen from Ritter that he kind of has the capacity to do some of that stuff pre-snap to set protect, to, to set protections, to understand like, okay, I'm going to get this rotation. This is where my eyes need to be, all that sort of stuff. Or knowing how, knowing when he's hot and just quick throwing against the blitz, all that sort of stuff. I think he's shown enough capacity for that that if he continues to build on that even if he's not exceptionally physically talented as as a passer he can get to where he needs to be mentally to where this build of offense can work even if he's not like i said doing some of the super creative stuff outside the pocket um i think he can kind of be in that like you know matt ryan got to the super bowl and they should not to not to open old wounds but like they should have won that super bowl and like that can be i think a build that that absolutely wins so um, obviously it's a little bit harder than having a truly elite quarterback. That's going to be, you know, everybody is chasing the, um, Joe Burrow, Pat Mahomes, all that sort of stuff. But I think Desmond Ritter, if he can get to where I think he is mentally, like I said, Dak, I think is a Super Bowl caliber winning quarterback. That's the kind of build that I think they can get to. So, yeah, yeah. I think, I think if he can get to, to Dak's level, then there will be no question, obviously about whether yeah. he's the franchise quarterback and, you know, it, People all, everybody wants Mahomes for good reason. Mahomes is awesome, <laughs> um, but only one team has Mahomes, and there's a couple teams that have close to Mahomes, right? You know, you got Joe Burrow, you got Justin Herbert, hopefully with a competent offensive coaching staff around him now. Um, Josh Allen is is getting is getting closer to that as well. You know, Ritter's not probably ever going to be those guys, but winning the Super Bowl is a lot more luck than anyone wants to ever admit. So like, Oh yeah, you could get like you, if the things fall your way with Ritter, you can do it. That's that I think so too. Uh, but a lot, we still have a long way to go to get there. Um, but I, I think that if, if all goes well with Ritter, if he, if he hits sort of what you're saying, 
which I think is a reasonable expectation. Not necessarily that he's guaranteed to do it, but it's it's well right. within like a normal spread of outcomes for Ritter. Like if someone was like, oh, well, he becomes like a top five NFL quarterback. Like I would say that's that's too far. You know, that's it's not impossible, but it would be certainly, you know, sort of almost like a Josh Allen level, like miraculous turnaround, um, which doesn't happen very often. So I, I think fans should be excited uh, about Ritter to see what he can do this year. And the Falcons, this is the other thing about getting him in the third round. They're not overly committed to him in any way. So if they decide it's not working, they can go draft somebody else. You know, they could draft someone late in the first round to develop, or they could draft another day two quarterback, or they could trade for somebody. They're not, they've invested so little in the quarterback position that they're essentially free and clear to do anything they want over the next two years. Um, and that gives, and, and I think it's just really smart what they've done hand the keys to Ritter because we need to know, like, we need to know now, uh, if he can do it or if he can develop into that, uh, and just kicking the can down the road and wasting time with, you know, a quarterback competition, that sort of thing would have been a waste of time. Um, it wouldn't have told us anything. So Derek, uh, really appreciate you guys. He's Derek class and at quarterback class. Uh, he's at bleacher report doing NFL draft work and scouting quarterback charting over at reception perception. Uh, any final takes you want to, you want to let fly or anything you want to plug? Um, nothing too crazy. I mean, check out, check out the quarterback charting at reception perception. Hopefully I'll have Desmond Ritter and some of the other young guys up in a couple of weeks, um, before the season. Um, other than that, nothing crazy. I guess my last final hot take for the Falcons is that like Drake London is very close to being like a top five receiver. Like he is already, I think going to be pretty close to that. So that'll be my, my, my parting take. Yeah. I just took Drake London in my dynasty startup. So, um, you know, fingers crossed on that one, but, uh, (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I, th- he's been so good in camp too. Uh, and I think yeah. everyone, everyone saw, you know, oh, Garrett Wilson, look at those stats. Oh, Chris Olave, look at those stats. It's like, well, look at what Drake London did with, you know, with he missed, Marcus he missed games and he was over 800 yards with Marcus Mariota as a rookie. So the sky's the limit for him. I, I think he's, I mean, I think all those receivers are really good. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think we're going to look back on that trio as being a really special, uh, top of the draft. And I, I think Drake London, a lot of people have already sort of said like, oh, well, he's not going to be the best receiver from that class. I, I would not, uh, I, would not <laughs> I would not, I would not settle on that take yet, folks. I, I would, yeah. I would give it more than a year uh, before making that bold claim, but uh, really excited. Certainly that's, that's a great take. Uh, love Drake London and he's quarterback's best friend, Drake London. Just stop. Yes. Just please don't fumble at the end of the game again, Drake, <laughs> please. So, uh, but Derek, once again, thank you so much, guys, everyone. Thank you for watching. If you enjoyed the show, please uh, like subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, leave that five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. I'm Kevin Knight at Falcon Call Kevin. If you want to follow me on Twitter for all those Falcons takes, uh, we will be back on Wednesday night for another Falcoholic live show. If you haven't seen that, and you can also, of course, uh, check us out on Patreon if you're interested in supporting. It's patreon.com slash Falcoholic live. Uh, today's show was brought to you by Bet Online, and everyone, thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next time on Dirty Birds and Brews podcast. Have a great day, folks.